This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life and business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip. Hey there, everyone. I am Michael Seip, host of the Strategic Advisor Board Energy of Business Moments podcast. I am the host for the call today, and today we have Mike Kehoe from Chicago on the call, and he is owner of VentureStack. He is an entrepreneur, a multi-time entrepreneur, and right now he's focusing on real estate. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Michael. Appreciate it. Yeah, great to have you here. And let's talk a little bit about your business and maybe a few of the other businesses you've had. But tell us about what you're doing right now with real estate. Yeah, so I own VentureStack. We're a real estate wholesale company. Um, essentially, what it is is we're a sales and marketing company. Um, our main, we have two customers. Uh, one, a, our home sellers, um, and then our other customers uh, on the other side are investors. Um, investors being hedge funds uh, that are building a single family portfolio or uh, fix and flippers, individual fix and flippers or buy and hold like long-term investors. Um, so what we do is we send direct mail to uh, homeowners. Um, most of the time uh, we're sending them to what we call tired landlords, uh, landlords that have uh, vacant properties that don't live in the actual property itself might live out of state and are sick of managing the rental property. Um, so what we do is we, uh, locate those properties, talk to the owner, and then we will, uh, sell, uh, those properties that we get under contract, uh, to our list of over a thousand real estate investors. And then we keep some of the, the properties in house for our own portfolio as well. Sounds like a pretty interesting business model. How how long have you been doing that? Uh, so this model about two years. Yeah, not too long. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so the market's obviously been having some some changes of late with interest rates rising and things like that. So uh, how has that affected you guys? Yeah, it's been difficult. Um, the last two years, I mean, anybody could do could be in real estate and uh, do well. Um, you know, things were just, you could buy something, you know, in, uh, in January and wait to sell it in March and, you know, you can make 30% on it and not do anything to it. Um, it, it was just easy. It was easy to sell mainly. So there were a lot of buyers out there. Um, it was harder to get good deals, but it didn't really matter. Um, hedge funds were, you know, buying over market value. So you always had someone to sell to. Um, now that the interest rates have gone up, um, there's been a lag of, uh, there's been a lag between the homeowner and, uh, the buyers. The buyers are feeling like it's 2008 right now. Um, and the, uh, the homeowner still thinks it's 2021. Um, <laughs> so they're like slowly coming over and seeing like if they put their, their house on the market. Uh, it's taking a long time. There's like the days on market are, you know, five, 10 times as long as they were, you know, this, the past two years. Um, 
And so uh, it's difficult for us. It's getting easier for us to get houses under contract and get deals. Um, it's been harder for us to sell the deals uh, because it's, it's hard for real estate investors to make uh, certain deals work. Long-term buy and hold rentals make work at the current interest rates. Um, but you still can. Uh, we're still buying. Um, I just think it's kind of the new normal. Um, and I think it is normal because the last few years have been, you know, um, substantially low, uh, you know, historically. So, um, we're, we might not see that again, uh, or it'll be a long time before we do. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, I liked how you talked about how you've pivoted a little bit and you're still finding the deals just taken. It's not as definitely not as easy as it used to be, but still finding the deals. So what would you say like motivates you and, and gets you excited about continuing to, to do the business that you are doing? Well, with this business, I've built a great team. You know, we have core values that we operate our business off of and we've hired based on those values. Um, so everybody that's on my team, you know, I want to see succeed. Um, they are, you know, we're essentially a family at this point. I spend as much time as I do with them online, you know, cause we're, it's a virtual business. That's the other thing I didn't mention. I'm in Chicago. My business partner's in Napa. My business is actually in North Carolina. Um, wow. so yeah, so it's a lot of zoom calls and things like that. Um, but what, what excites me is just seeing my team win, um, and them doubling down and, you know, uh, in, I don't, I guess these are difficult times. Um, but we're seeing, we're still seeing the same numbers because they're, uh, you know, with our help and our coaching, you know, are seeing the same success based off of the, you know, hard work that they're putting in and just seeing them succeed, um, and grow, uh, really excites me about my business. And I do love real estate as well. I'm just being able to be in real estate and analyze deals and underwrite deals is, is so fun for me. I get a lot of energy from it. Cool. Cool. That's great for the show here. And, and you know, it's always nice to hear what motivates a, a business owner. And maybe sometimes they get into a field or area that might be their expertise, but they don't have a lot of passion for it. They just were good at it. Yeah. <laughs> and then finding somebody who actually has a passion uh, for something that then that business becomes a lot more sustainable because they're so jazzed by it. You know, they're so focused on it. And, and so you touching about, about the real estate, your interest, and you've got some things you just love making that, that deal. And, and then probably a little bit too about the, uh, Hey, having a team around you that you you know, value and you spend time building that team up so that there's collaboration like that sort of role as a CEO and entrepreneur is really valuable to maintain long-term success with employees. So, so it makes, it makes a lot of sense that not only you spend time on the business as a whole, but then you're inspiring your employees as well. It's nice, nice to hear. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Well, speaking of like the motivation side, sometimes, you know, we get into businesses for, um, for good reason and then things sometimes go wrong. So, as an entrepreneur in multi-time, how about you share with us an experience you had where things just weren't going well and how you dealt with it? Yeah. So I was in a business that I just couldn't stand. Um, it was in the payment processing space and I was driven by money at the time, um, which I thought from, you know, me being me at the time, the scarcity complex that I had, I thought money would solve everything. 
Um, and so the business did grow. We did very well, but we grew it without intention. Um, and when I, when you grow something without intention, it just becomes very messy. Um, and if it gets big, it, it's just, you're always reacting all the time. You're working nonstop. You're working, you know, hundred hour weeks. Um, and the business really runs you, you don't run it. Um, we were hired employees that, you know, we didn't have any core values. So we hired employees like just willy nilly, you know, if you had a, you know, a heartbeat or you could fog a mirror, like you were part of the, you could be part of the team. And so at the end of it, it, you know, it was pretty, you know, it had decent revenue. Um, but I was so burnt out. I would have just given it away. Um, so I ended up selling it, which was nice. I did okay on it. Um, but that was, I, I learned a lot from, you know, running that business, um, and, and getting into that industry in the, in the first place. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, when we talk energetically about, about how it is to be a, an entrepreneur or business owner, you talking about how, like it was going from one fire to the next. And yeah. as you hadn't sent that intention, you know, it makes sense that one would burn out. Right. And, and so emotionally it just becomes very draining and energetically it becomes very draining when you're in that kind of space. Um, so like you said, you know, lesson learned for you is like, yeah, uh, we didn't have core values. We didn't have an intention, you know, maybe you had some loose goals, but you didn't have specific goals perhaps. And so, Obviously, being able to, you know, manage from a little better better perspective would have helped you energetically and, and maybe, you know, worked in your favor. How true is that? Yeah, no, it's it's very true. Um, I, I just believe that, you know, everything should be done with intention. You know, actually think about what you're going to get yourself into and think about how you're going to do it. Uh, because if you don't, um, it's just not going to it's, it won't, it's not going to be a healthy organization. It's not going to be a healthy business. You're not going to be healthy. You're not going to be healthy mentally. Um, it's just, it just does not feel good. I was also in the wrong seat. You know, uh, I didn't know what my skill sets were at the time. And, uh, I was really down on myself too. I wasn't, I just didn't feel like I was operating on a, on a level that I, you know, had potential to. Um, but it was because I was in, you know, I, I, we run our business currently off of the traction book, uh, EOS model entrepreneurs operating system. And, uh, there's a visionary, usually at the top of every business, there's a visionary, um, and an integrator. And so I was having to act, my partner in my first business was very, very visionary, not at all integrator. And I'm a visionary, but I can hop over to the integrator role but I was fully in the integrator role in that business and I was absolutely miserable. Um, and I, you know, and it, you know, at the end of the day, it was kind of my fault that it became the business that it did. Um, but it just did not, it sucked all my energy. I, I was not happy. It probably wasn't fun to be around at the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for painting that picture much clearer. And, and that piece of, of an entrepreneur being the visionary or the integrator or sometimes both. And clearly you were misaligned being the integrator and not as much the visionary. That makes a lot of sense and probably relates to a lot of people listening. So uh, is there any other moment maybe where um, you felt like you had as a business owner, a sense where you had to control everything, you micromanaged a lot 
And if you did, you know, how did you shift out of being that type of a person? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I was a terrible, so I keep going back to my first business because I made a lot of mistakes, but um, I mean, my first hire, I just didn't know how to manage at all. Um, so I didn't know how to delegate. Um, and, uh, with her, I would, she was, she was an assistant of mine and, um, a lot of it, you know, in the beginning I would hand her something to do. And then I would be like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this myself. Um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take the time to teach you. It's going to take forever. I was just like really impatient you know, because she'd be trying to do something and trying to learn something. And, you know, as anyone would, as I would, if I was trying to learn something, but I already had it in my head and I didn't really know how to, you know, um, get it out of my head and, and, and train her on it. Um, so she, we actually got to the point where like, I was either going to fire her or she was going to quit. And I was too big of a, you know, I was too, you know, um, I guess, uh, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to fire her. I didn't have it in me. So she quit. So I drove her to quit. Um, and so that was my first hire. I guess that's not really micromanaging, but that's not being a good manager. Um, and then with my current business right now, uh, when, with the change in interest rates and things like that, we really had to tighten up our processes. Um, and so, you know, I was getting at the end as our processes were pretty good but pretty loose. And everybody was, I guess, quote unquote, fat and happy because the last two years have been really good to them on a commission from a commission and revenue standpoint. Um, and it's been pretty easy. Um, they really had to dig in and start working now and start working the processes that we set in place. So before we actually rededicated ourselves to our processes and made some new processes that are pushing us forward now at a quick pace, um, I was micromanaging a lot at the end and I'm like, what is wrong? Like, why aren't these people doing what I want them to do? Um, and, uh, it was because we were not disciplined in following the processes that we put in place for everybody. Um, and also, you know, when I started this business and when I started any business, really, you know, I've got this idea of, oh, I want it to be a super relaxed, chill environment. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody kind of runs their own little, you know, position as their own company. You know, they run it with their ideas. You know, it's that type of system and that does not work. Uh, so you have to have those systems in place. You have to set the rails in place and then you have to hold them accountable. Um, so now instead of micromanaging them, you know, we meet once in the morning, we have a daily huddle. So we talk about good news, uh, we talked about their metrics that they hit yesterday and what they were planning to do today to reach, help them reach their goals. And then they go out and they do it. I'm not like, you know, hounding them throughout the day, you know, calling them out of the blue to, you know, complain about something that they're doing or whatever. I'm going to guess as well that like, because you said earlier, you do some coaching, I bet you that you will sometimes listen to what their challenges were and then provide them some opportunity on how they could potentially improve. But, you know, here's another way of potentially looking at or dealing with that. How, how true is that for you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we listen to their, you know, we have our one-on-ones on a weekly basis as well. So in that daily huddle, we don't do that. We just kind of get right to it. We make it efficient and we don't take a long time. It's like literally 10 to 15 minute meeting, but in our one-on-ones, well, they can call me at any time as well, but 
Um, in our one-on-ones, we, yeah, we, we coach, we talk about what the issues they are facing are and how we can overcome those and help them. Um, and then I listen to their calls and things like that too, and give them guidance from there. Um, yeah. And then going back to your point about asking like what they're, you know, some good news and it's personal or business related at the beginning of that. I also call them, you know, I'm very authentic leader. That's the way I lead my business. Like they know a lot about me. I probably overshare with them, but we've become a close, very close knit team. Um, but I'll call them, you know, out of the blue and just to simply ask about what they're doing for the, you know, that weekend or how, how are things going in their life? Um, and don't even ask a single thing about business. And I think that's really important. You know, we're all human beings and we need to connect on, you know, a level outside of like, did you hit your numbers? You know, yes or no. And that's extremely important right now for you to be able to keep people. I mean, there's a lot, I know that tech companies are doing a lot of layoffs, but there's still a lot of competition uh, in most spaces and they can go work for somebody else, probably get paid more. And so you have to, um, you know, be different than, uh, other businesses. Uh, and that's one way that I go about it. Yeah. Congratulations on seeing that need and then finding a way of trying to answer that. Um, because you're right. There are a lot of people leaving and, and if they have the opportunity to go somewhere else, they probably will. Right. So, so I love that personal touch and also, especially the calls and not, uh, not bringing business into the call. Like that's huge. Uh, sometimes people don't have a lot to share with, with other people. And so if they can trust and confide in you, then you develop a sense of loyalty there, which is needed right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, um, tell us about it. Like a high moment for you in any of your business. After that first business that I talked about, um, we had, we created an offshoot, uh, business that created a, we created a, a point of sale system. Um, and did very well. Um, and, uh, I was able to sell that. Um, and that was a real high point for me. Um, I was able to, there were a lot of things that I was able to accomplish, um, in that sale. One was to kind of get out of the industry and space myself, like, like figure out what I could do next. It gave me the runway to be able to, you know, stop and think and figure out what I, wanted to do next. Um, and it kind of got me out of like a toxic situation. Um, so that, that was, that was awesome. One of the highlights for sure of my working career. Yeah, that makes sense for some of us where we feel trapped, that sense of freedom, uh, can be huge. And then, Oh, by the way, you actually had a little windfall from it. So it was a double benefit right there of, of like, now you had some cushion to go and do something else that maybe you wanted to do. And, uh, and so that would make sense that that's a pretty high moment for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I've enjoyed very much hearing your, your stories here of being an entrepreneur, Mike. And, uh, we ask a lot of people this question of if you could meet anyone deceased or living, who would that be and why? Yeah. So I wrote down a couple people here. My favorite book is a new earth. Uh, by Eckhart Tolle. Um, yep. So I, I would, it's I would really like to hear on my. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just, I just really like to reread his uh, that book. You know, like once a year. Um, 
I just feel like if I met him, I would feel, uh, uh, weightless <laughs> during that meeting. He just seems like somebody that, you know, he'd be a hundred percent present and be able to, um, kind of, um, I would feel reciprocal and being able to do the same thing in his presence. And, um, I've just learned a lot from his books. And then the other is kind of the opposite. It's David Goggins, um, you know, who wrote the book Can't Hurt Me. He's just an animal and uh, just very motivational. And um, I look up to him um, in being able to, like, have that mental toughness, um, pushing through very, very difficult situations. And um, so it'd be interesting to be able to meet him. Yeah, those are two different uh, sort of extremes, if you will. Not quite extremes, but two different approaches for sure on, on yeah. dealing with, with things. And, you know, both have application, right? One is, you know, you can look at it from a life perspective. Like, so if Eckhart Tolle and being present in the moment, you know, that's one thing, but that can apply to business too, not just our own personal life. And then yeah. and then also being motivated to, to follow through or do something. You know, sometimes we have those... Um, uh, inhibitors. Some of them are, are we're deliberately responsible for, and then others we kind of subconsciously have these habits, and so we don't motivate ourselves as often. So, so there are different different approaches. But I can see as a business owner how that would be very important to have have both of those. And you've obviously blended them quite well into how you lead in your business. Yeah, I think so. That 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 makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, Mike, there's a lot of information you've provided today and, and learned a little bit about the real estate industry and where things are today. So that was helpful. How about you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you, check out your business and, uh, and maybe reach out to you in the future? Yeah. So my business is uh, venture-stack.com. Again, that's venture-stack.com. Uh, and then you can reach out to me via email at mike at venture-stack.com. Mike, I've enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you for giving up your time today to be here. And uh, hopefully people will get a little bit out of what you shared with them today. Thanks. Absolutely. It's been fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Seip. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.